Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, March 6th. 2023. It's a few minutes after four o'clock in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. Jack Devine uh, is back with us today. Jack, always a pleasure, my dear friend. Thank you for joining us. Good to be uh, again. Good, uh, good to be a guest again with you, Judge. Thank oh. you. Uh, when since last we spoke, um, Victoria Newland, who is uh, either number two or three uh, in the State Department, has opined that the this is the first time I've heard this, and maybe you've heard it from other sources in the government, I don't know, that the goal of the government is to remove uh, Russian influence from Ukraine, which includes Crimea. Now, I've been chastising the president, saying, Mr. President, what is your goal? Is it removal of Russian troops? I don't think that's militarily feasible. And you might have agreed with that. Is it removal of Vladimir Putin from office? I think only the Russian people can do that, Mr. President. You might have agreed with that. But Mrs. Newland, arguably, this you won't agree with, the architect of the 2014 coup, nevertheless, has said, we will use force if necessary to remove the Russians from Crimea. Do you agree that that is a rational thing to say? Or is this just sort of a trial balloon to see if the public and the Congress will accept it? Just for point of clarification, who would use force in the Crimea? The Ukrainian, certainly, if she's talking U.S. troops anywhere in the fray, I think that isn't consistent with the policy Congress wishes or the EU. So getting the Crimea back, first of all, you got to win, you got to win, you know, you got to be on a roll before you get to the Crimea, right? In other words, that you're, so the point is, if you get the Russians back on their heels far enough to Crimea, you just keep pushing. Now, that now when, you, when you say you, I'm and I understand what you're saying, you're talking about the Ukrainians. You're not talking right. about American troops on the no, ground or American jets in I, the air. It was, it was if I were talking to Ukrainians. In other words, okay. if you get them, or, and if anyone's recommending and advising them, if, if you really want to break the back of Putin, is you take the Crimea. But that's a big ask. I mean, we got to get we got to get through the summer. We got to get through holding the ground, but the, the Russians are taking a, a tremendous beating. Now, the Ukrainians are also suffering great losses and we can't lose sight of that. The Crimea is the place where Putin would not, really cannot make any sort of agreement whatsoever. He has to be beaten on that one if that's our goal. I think, as I was saying to you the last time, Judge, I think there's a bigger issue. He started this fight, but what he's unleashed is a change of the geopolitical situation worldwide. So we need to have a strategy about how we deal with that. It's not all about the, uh, the uh, Ukraine. And I've been on record from March of 
last year that once Putin did this, he really can't be part of the international community. He has to go. Now, that's not for me to say. That's for the Russian people, as you rightfully pointed out. But the goal is you have to stop his aggression. And uh, I was listening to a fellow the other day who was talking, uh, talking about how the Russians, their strategy is always to keep going uh, west. So if you don't stop him, he'll keep going. But it's not feasible to imagine American uh, troops invading Ukraine, either on the ground or from F-16s, is it? Because Mrs. Uh, Newland, yeah, I've, I, I got to call it, Secretary I've Newland, hinted. I've written, I've written two books, which you have promoted very effectively for me. But both of them have the same thesis. Do not put American troops on the ground. You know, the indigenous people have to be prepared to fight. And, you know, the Ukrainians are prepared to fight. You support them to the hill, uh, hilt. But the, the point is, there is no reason to put American troops in there at this point. But if we should were, be doing everything short of that to push back and save, you know, save, uh, uh, save for our sake that Putin doesn't take over the Ukraine because he's not going to stop there. The biggest contributors, by the way, proportionately, are all the countries bordering on Russia because they know they're they're the next. They're in the lion's mouth next. If you uh, had been Secretary Blinken and you had a, a chance for 10 minutes with uh, uh, Foreign Minister Lavrov of Russia, as was the case last week when the two of them were in Mumbai, India, would you have said, hey, Sergei, let's talk? Or would you have said, hey, Sergei, we're in this for as long as it takes? And then Sergei walks away. I mean, which is the more prudent diplomatic communication between the top American diplomat and the top Russian diplomat? Diplomacy is not always the right answer. <laughs> so but I, I do believe in negotiating. I do believe in talking. I know you. I know you do. I've and I said that that's, why, that's why I'm pushing you on. Right. This. And that's where I talked so extensively about we needed to get it straight with the Russians, you know, for the last five or six years and talk to them, make sure we're having private discussions. Once he crossed the border, Mox Nix, I'm not so sure. I'm almost tempted to say I would turn my back on him, okay? But your alternative would be this, my second pick, which is, look, we're in it. You want to be in it? Okay, let's have at it, but don't make any mistake. We're all in. All right, so- I, I actually think I would ostracize them at every occasion. I wouldn't take their calls. They're not prepared. There is no negotiation. If you believe there's a negotiation, judge, go to the table. All right. I do not believe there, there's, there's obviously. Some I don't think there's a deal that can be made now. Right. Now, maybe later, if they do as poorly, some of the indications of the big offensive are really not showing well for the Russians. I mean, we're we're talking about one 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 town as if that 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 wins a war, and even there, the Ukrainians pushed them back really hard this week. So he's they've got a lot of terror. If you want to talk about taking Crimea, is hard. You got to go to the Kremlin and, and talk about well, how hard is it to take Ukraine? <laughs> really hard. Right. So never uh, give up. the media is reporting that this morning, and I don't know where this is happening because I don't know where this is done. Uh, two Ukraine uh, jet pilots are in the U.S. beginning their training on F-16s. I guess that means the Biden administration is planning really to up the ante because sure if we give like them F-16s, they can attack Moscow. Sure, looks like it. I I would make sure that the gas didn't extend the, to the to Moscow, but 
But yeah, I, I think they're doing the right thing. Now, I think there was trepidation at the beginning by those professionals that follow this because they thought the Russians were going to do better and they were concerned about, you know, the repercussions and we've drug into NATO. But when the Polish deal, when they were going to offer the F-23s and there was hesitation, do you remember that? I I vacillated to my shame. Uh, vacillating, well, you know, we don't want to push them too hard. Until I went to the mountain and started, why would we want to push them as hard as we can? What's he going to do? Well, so my point today is he is pushing as hard. He's, he's bombing, you know, he's trying to obliterate Ukraine. He's, you know, trying to level it, right? So why not? If, what is he going to do if you put the F-13s? What's he going to do if you put the tanks? He's going to bring a new fancy army in. He's going to call up another 500,000 people that'll be cut to shreds. I mean, what is he going to do? And you say, well, nuclear. Well, I don't think we're there. When we get there, we can revisit it. But right now, I think we push as hard as we can with everything we have. Do you have any hesitation uh, about the sacrifice uh, of American lives in Ukraine, do you, Every, do, not, do you not fear this becoming another Vietnam? Well, that was our big mistake, Judge. Remember, we always go in as an advisory group, right? Well, that's, that's the way we are now until all yeah, the Joe decides saying, to send I'm more just saying, you know, you, If the locals, again, I, I want to put this marble on my grave. I was going to say he was a nice guy, but instead I think I'm going to put on my graves. <laughs> do not go in and fight unless the indigenous people are prepared to die to the last person, right? Then you, then maybe you can consider it. And America has to be attacked directly. That's the other caveat. And we haven't been direct, uh, directly attacked. So I am saying to you, I see no reason why American troops should go in, but NATO and, um, and the and U.S. are united in making sure that Putin doesn't eat up not only Ukraine, Eastern Europe, or he's going to be the world's biggest menace in your lifetime. Okay, you said America needs to be attacked directly before we go in. I agree with you. You know that Putin has not attacked America, has not threatened to attack America, is not stupid enough to attack America. What you about better not Article attack five? Poland? You better not attack Poland. Okay, that was my next question. What about <laughs> Article 5 of NATO? Should American troops enter the Ukraine war uh, if, as Dmitry Medvedev, whom you know or know of, once the president of uh, Russia, between several of Putin's terms, said, we'll go all the way to the Polish border and farther west if we have to. Well, if he goes farther west, uh, that's... Was he wearing five. a helmet? Was he wearing a helmet when he said that? I don't think so. He should be. because well, Jack, you're not wearing a helmet. Well, yeah, because... <laughs> I'm not wearing one because I don't need one. He needs one. If he's going to do that, he needs it. I don't. Should American troops be on the ground in Ukraine well, we have an if, agreement. Russia, if Russia attacks a NATO country? Well, I, every administration since World War II has stood by that if a NATO country is attacked, we will respond. I think the Biden administration has very clearly supported the same thing the Trump administration did. We're going to stand behind our commitment to NATO because it's in our interest if he goes in and goes to Poland and goes in, you remember there was a guy named Adolf that did this, you know. Uh, um, I know the history. So Putin is made of the same ilk. There's many of the same similarities in his personality and vision and who he is and his role in the world. It's big. It's really big. It's bigger than, you know, it's hard to beat some of our American politicians in terms of ego and, and their sense of mission and destiny. But Putin out, will out outshine any of them when it comes to uh, 
his ego and how he sees himself and his role in the world. All right, we have, we have us. <laughs> we have high Mars, which is some sort of sophisticated uh, missile system on the ground in Ukraine. We have American troops out of uniform operating the high Mars. We have um, literally maneuvering them. We have American troops in uniform in Poland choosing the targets on computer for the high Mars. And we have American troops in uniform in Poland pulling the trigger, so to speak. I understand it's a lot of buttons and switches, but whatever it is, we'll just call it a trigger for the sake of our conversation. Is that sort of um, inviting Putin to... I don't know that. that. Let me finish the question. Jack, is that inviting Putin to attack Americans? I do not know that to be accurate, that we are actually pulling the trigger in any location, okay? I don't know that to be true. Maybe it's true. I just personally do not know that's accurate, okay? And uh, your point is, uh, let me go back in history to when we were fighting the Russians in Afghanistan. You don't think they didn't realize where the weapons were coming from uh, or how they were being trained? Well, nobody knows Afghanistan the way you do, Jack, but that was the death throes of the Soviet Union. That was not Putin with a modern army. Am I right? Well, first of all, I dispute he has a modern army. He's now demonstrating to the world he doesn't have a modern army. He has a lot of modern weapons. Well, but well he has here. a more modern army now than he had in the Afghanistan, than, than, than Gorbachev had in the Afghan days. Yeah, but uh, Judge, look at what the Af Afghanis had, AK-47s. Look at what technology has done for the Ukrainians and all the sophisticated technology from drones to... I mean, the the cyber intelligence, I mean, his army is is not showing itself very well. I mean, right. I, and, and I think I think it's a surprise to all of us, although this is the second time I've been surprised because I when when I went in to do the Afghan program, I was assured they were 10 feet tall. And then every day they shrunk a quarter of an inch. So it's. I, I don't think there. I, I think what's showing here, and I think it's the big story, and, and it's a very dangerous one for him, is how poor his arm. He has paramilitary functioning as his cutting edge because his own army. Now they're fighting. Remember, Judge, you heard it here. You and I talked about dissent and how the things crumble when you start to lose. Watch the d dynamic between the Wagner group and the military. All right. It's tell strange, me. Tell me how dangerous. Tell me how Wagner operates. Why, why does the president of Russia need or use a private army funded by an oligarch, largely out of the chain of command, operating on its own with ruthless skill and determination, as opposed, well, guess, to, a, as opposed to a full army under the chain of command? Well, I think Stalin's rolling in his grave. The idea that you hire a private army is not a sign of strength, Judge. You know, when you have an army, you know, you can have special forces like we do or special ops. You can have all of that, but it's under the chain of command of the military. Having a paramilitary is not – we used it during Afghanistan and other times because we didn't have our army, right? We didn't want our army to be exposed, okay? But when you have an army – 
that is fought in World War One and World War Two, and you say, no, we need a private army, you know, made up of a lot of convicts, right? So it's it's a sign of tremendous weakness. And I think I was thinking of this the other day, talking to one of my colleagues. You know, Putin has to worry about his far right. He has to worry about the Wagner group and the tension between the military. And I never said how he's going to go. But I do think one of the scenarios that's starting to come up is some dis disagreement about who's, who's running this war between uh, the Wagner group and the military could lead to him being caught in a squeeze play. I'm, How big uh, is the Wagner group? Are we talking about a few thousand? Or are we talking about tens no, of thousands? No, I don't know the exact number, but we're talking tens of thousands, yeah. Uh, tell me about your... Uh, they're all around the world, by the way, Judge. They're not just fighting in Ukraine. I mean, they're in Africa. I mean, they've been... It's it's a very unusual model to be in an, a, a coexisting with an active well, military. Well, who funds them? Does... Uh, Prigozhin fund them, the, the oligarch that wants to replace Putin, or does the Russian government fund them? Private sources can't fund this, in my opinion. Private sources do fund or do not fund? Cannot. Cannot. It's too big. Right. Um, what are uh, your former colleagues telling uh, the president uh, in, in the daily briefings he gets about the war? We have... As the you truth. know, you're telling him the truth. Oh, Jack, come on. Their job, according to Mike Pompeo, <laughs> your, the former director, their job is to steal secrets and lie about it. We'll, we'll talk about that. Oh, well, let me, uh, you put a marker down. Let me respond to that one. Go ahead. <laughs> Defense was, of the, go ahead. That is true outside of the U.S. <laughs> and outside of the U.S. judicial system. I had lawyer, a lawyer, a professional lawyer at my elbow for the last 15 years of my career, and I wasn't unique. In other words, this is a very important concept. I know we're getting off on this, but the audience needs to understand how much the CIA is internally regulated so that it isn't the swashbuckling group around the world. It's, it's less exciting because it does play by the rules. And telling the truth, anybody that tells you that, you know, that the best thing to do is to lie that Congress or the President of the United States should be fired on the spot. All right. Does the CIA that speaks to the president, I guess very high-ranking people, do they tell him what they think he wants to hear, or are they telling him the raw data that's coming from agents in the field? It's not raw data. Let me every once in a while. Oh, okay, all right. The analyzed raw data. No, no, but sometimes on, are they putting spin on it to make old Joe feel good no, to reinforce his saying, preconceived notions? Sometimes they will bring in a piece of raw data to show. In other words, this is a really neat operation that took place. But the normal product is a very polished synthesis of not just human, but technology, satellites, SIGINT. In other words, it's a very sophisticated product. And it's not relying on the operator like me to give his opinion and judgment. It's on analysts that have studied it. So right. when the president gets that, it's their best judgment. But they should never recommend policy. Their right. job is... Bring you used back. a uh, you used bring a technical back. term. You used a technical term. I know what it is and what it means, but I want you to define it. SIGINT. Yes, signals intelligence. So, in uh, in the intelligence community around the world, uh, one of the big endeavors going back to World War One is to try and intercept other people's mail, the communications. Well, today it is so robust, and also it's digital, right? So if you'll remember, it wasn't, it wasn't our finest hour, but 
you know, they were in the United Nations making a case about Iraq, and they brought in the intercept of a couple colonels, which usually we do not divulge information. So it's if you're on the open radio or if you're in a often history books are written about codes that are broken. Right. So that's what signals intelligence is. Okay. So when you and I email each other, are your former colleagues monitoring what we're saying? If so, they should go to jail. The The reason is CIA is not authorized to collect intelligence on any American. Now, there are several categories, but you have to get a court order and judge. I'm, I'm aware of all that. I'm also aware of FBI agents testifying under oath that the CIA does their dirty work for them in the U.S. Because <laughs> they have the means to do Did you it. get that under oath? Did you get that in under oath? <laughs> you get that under oath. That's, that's well, just, I assume it's under oath. It's in a federal courtroom. I, I would say it's nonsense. Okay. <laughs> bring me in as bring me in as an expert witness and I will say nonsense. All okay. Right. Jack, um, Always a pleasure. We'll have you back soon, whether there's a turn in events or whether it's the same thing happening. Uh, we we uh, we appreciate, as you know, my fans love to comment on your insight. I know they do. And I remember at the beginning of the discussion, you telling me that one said, Jack, strike back. Right. And you did. <laughs> and you did. Thank uh, you, Jack. All the best. Never draw blood, but I strike back. There you go. More as okay, we get it. Jack Napolitano for judging freedom. All right.